Hi, welcome back to another episode of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super awesome podcast show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, talks to all his awesome, super interesting and creative friends. Today I'm in Suwanee, Florida for a Halloween festival. It's a pre-production time. I'm painting some murals. But while I was here, I interviewed my good old artist friend, Anya Amador who is the director of Mural Maze, the section of this festival where my mural's at. And uh, I know her for many years. She's an amazing person, workshop teacher, painter, muralist, life painter, etc. And uh, she has a lot of interesting things to share with us on this interview, so I hope you'll enjoy. Woo! And how are we doing, Anya Amador? Hey! Thank you so much for having me over here. Can you please tell us where we are? We are at the beautiful Swanee Music Park for Halloween 2022. And we are, my installation is the mural maze and we're painting some murals. So what is the mural maze? The mural maze is a large scale interactive installation that has been with this festival since its very first year in 2013. And now this will be our ninth edition of um, this basically walkthrough of murals that have been collected over the last almost decade. It's crazy. Wow, how is it to, as an artist, to be in the position of what, curator, uh, installation organizer? Mm -hmm. uh, how, how is that jump and how is that position? So it started with me just painting a wall and then I realized that the park was keeping the pieces and that I would be able to bring in some other artists and create an opportunity for them to also paint and contribute to the collection. So. I've just grown into this role. I am very organized and have a lot of leadership qualities and I know a lot of artists struggle in finding their voice in that way. So for me to be able to step into that role and facilitate the experience for them, has it's really been an honor. It's, it's cool to get to make a lot of the decisions and just make it happen in general. So your motivation is like to help community or is it something that also benefits your career or makes you good money or is it, or is it both? It's super well-rounded. At first it just started as like, I get to reach a lot of people with my art at this massive music festival. And I really appreciate the real estate that they provide and the wall space. Like musicians, if you're a headliner, you get an hour and a half maybe to spread your message. I get thousands of square feet and all weekend long to reach people. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to team up with artists that are on that same vibe that really take that opportunity seriously. And then, um, Throughout the years, I've been working on getting paid, finding the funding, not only for myself, but for the artists that are involved, um, funding the project, everything from supplies to paint, to travel, to everything to make it happen. So it's been an evolution. It didn't all come at once, but we're getting there. Nice. So you, not only you're working and making this place available for artists to show their, their soul expressions, but you're actually like looking for the money to run it. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot because the festival, when you have to build value in what it is that you bring to the table, you know? So the fact that my crew knows how these pieces go together and everybody, it's uh, at this point, it's a well-oiled machine, you know, we, we're in the flow, but it took time to get there with like just building a crew and a team of people that were dedicated to the project and willing to come back and, and also new people that are willing to learn and jump in. Mm -hmm. So there is that aspect. I think the most important thing for me is 
it's twofold. One, I know that thousands of people are going to walk through this maze and they're going to take in the art and it's going to speak to them in you know, some type of way. And there's a lot of life changing things that happen. Mm. But for the artists themselves, they get to come in, paint a mural in three days. They push themselves to the limit, like don't even know what they're capable of. Then they get to watch 30,000 people come through and take in their art and have that experience. They see the impact they can have on this community and they take that motivation back into their own communities and start just it's catapulted so many careers the mural maze really has nice good job thank you awesome. so anya you're we are in florida right now you live in florida in the tampa bay mm -hmm. are you from florida originally yep from florida originally i've lived here most of my life and um which parts yeah i've lived in i grew up in orlando i was born in tampa then did middle school high school in orlando then i went to florida state university and then came back to make Tampa my home base. Okay, how do you like it out there? I love it, I love being by the water and I don't get to spend too much time at home, but that's a great time to ground back in and get settled when I do have the time off. Right, how do you like Florida in general? Like I just moved in and some people are happy for me, other people are like, Florida? Like Florida gets a bad rep sometimes. How, how do you like it? So there's a difference between like the typical Floridian, right? And then just like living in Florida. So I haven't always identified with some of the characters that have come out of my state, but overall I've appreciated some of the politics and um, there's a lot of benefits to living in this state, I would say. Nice, well, I'm happy to have joined the, the Tampa yeah. Bay out there in St. Petersburg. I got one weekend. How is the art scene in Florida? It's huge. There's tons of artists. So that's really cool. And I find that there's opportunities for everyone. Even in St. Petersburg, where you just moved, there's a huge art community. There's massive groups on Facebook, for example, where those community members come and they're looking for artists. And there's work for all of us. So I love that vibe, knowing that like there's enough for everyone, even though it's pretty saturated. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I, so far, just from moving in one week, I've had tons of uh, artists that I didn't know about like hit me up and be super welcoming and friendly. And it seems like there's a little bit of a art scene without being too sceny and mm -hmm. like, oh, you're a newbie, you're not, you're not coming in. They're like, hey, join us, let's make something beautiful together. Yeah, it's absolutely. A lot of collaboration that happens there too. And there's mural festivals and, you know, all kinds of art things that go down. I don't get to do as much at home as I want to. And I think that that's my goal for next year is to ground back into my own community. Yeah. Do you look forward to a time where you're less pulled all over the place? Like you can just be mm -hmm. at home and do some studio work? Yeah. I mean, this year I did, I set, cut down on the festivals and a lot of events to do murals because it was a lot more lucrative and I just had a bunch of opportunities there. So getting back to the studio and working on some canvas pieces is my goal for sure for 2023. Mm -hmm. Nice. But you and me, we, we met at, uh, in the festival scene. Do you remember where we met? Yes. The very first time was at... Um, you had to stay in my apartment for what was that festival called? Zen Awakening. Zen Awakening. 2015. Yes. yes. 2015. <laughs> yeah, you received me and I stayed in your apartment and you're super stoked. Uh, my wife was not happy with me at the time. Right. <laughs> I, I was married at the time and she's like, what? You're staying at some girl's house? What is this, Chris? It's like, no, she's an artist friend. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Little did she know you come up and I've got like all my art hanging on the wall and it was a total professional thing. Yeah, yeah. Didn't I crash on your couch? Yep. yep. Okay. Nice. Well, thank you so much. That's very <laughs> uh, welcoming. And that was my first experience with the, with the bay. Um, and that festival was really nice. I taught a little workshop and you taught a little workshop on uh, 
power of attraction, the law of attraction, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's a, my, it's a deliberate creation practice. I found it so powerful throughout my entire career, especially as an artist, to meditate regularly, be able to control my feelings, my thoughts, and my energy through my breath, but then also deliberately focus on the things that I intend on happening, and more importantly, the feelings of those things, like not even the specifics of it all, but what do these end goals feel like? And I've watched that unfold into a beautiful reality. So love to share that with other artists. How important do you think it is to be empowered in your spiritual knowledge and wisdom and powers of manifestation as an artist? How does that help, Oof. that combination of both? There's such a parallel between the reality that we're creating and the art that we're creating, right? So like how we feel about our art, our attitude, what we project onto the canvas, that comes through in every step of the process and then ultimately in the end result. And I find that exact same thing to happen in my life, that how I feel about the events or what's coming up or just on a moment to moment basis, I'm evaluating my emotions as my guidance system, you know, and I'm allowing the negative to flow as well. I honor that and accept it, but then I also release it because I know how powerful powerful my focus and intent truly is. So whether it's my art or my life, I'm, I'm an artist on an artist in the universe, I'm an artist on the canvas, and I think that it's really important to develop a practice behind both of those things, right? I get better the more I practice my art, um, my skills are refined, the art looks better, and I find the same with my manifestation and my just focus in life that you get a hold of that connection between thoughts and things and you can leverage that in a really powerful way. So what is the law of attraction for those who uh, haven't watched uh, all the documentaries? Sure, so it's the idea that like attracts like, like everything's made of energy and a frequency and when you align yourself with the frequency of whatever it is you want to accomplish, then you attract things of that frequency. So it may not be like, if you're dead set on one specific thing happening, it may not unfold in that exact way, but it's something that feels similar, you know? So I go back to the feeling of it of like, um, whatever I'm trying to accomplish without needing to stress about all of the details, just knowing once I'm on the other side, what is that feeling and how can I practice that before it ever even happens? Right, it's some kind of hack, right? Like it's almost like you gotta feel like you already succeeded mm -hmm. in order to make it succeed. But it's hard to feel that way sometimes when you haven't succeeded yet. Mm -hmm. And even if it might look like you don't, like you won't succeed. How can one already feel like you've made it mm -hmm. when you haven't made it? Like, do you have a, like yeah. some kind of trick or something? Well, it's not really a trick, it's a practice. Because I think that we're conditioned to base how we feel about things on what we already know about them. So we're looking at our current conditions, we're going off a bunch of past experiences, we're taking feedback from what other people are telling us, and that's how we form our beliefs. So this is a practice in doing away with that whole form of life, like processing life experience and getting ahead of it to say that like, it doesn't matter what anyone else tells me or what's already happened. I know that there are infinite possibilities in every single moment. And once you accept that truth that anything is possible, then it could also be possible that it's gonna work out. And I may not know what working out looks like, but I know that it feels great and I know that I'm grateful. So I think it goes back to going general with it all and just remembering that feeling good is going to bring about good experiences so i want to practice that on a daily basis not in a way that doesn't honor my negative feelings but in a way that allows me to move forward right and just constantly finding something to appreciate because appreciation brings more things to appreciate right uh, that feeling of gratitude is like yeah okay, it's half the shit in my life is shitty and half the things are good but you know what i'm gonna feel gratitude for mm -hmm. the things that went good
it, it seems like it's also like um, important to have good self-communication like yesterday you almost said I'm really shitty with my equipment I destroy my brushes but you caught yourself it's like you know what mm -hmm. I'm gonna rewrite that story mm. so tell me about catching yourself and rewriting that's the practice narratives. yeah that's the practice of it all most of us narrate our life experience in terms of the current conditions we talk about how things are right now even something as simple as the weather like oh it's so hot outside but no one ever got cooler by complaining about how hot it is right and right. I learned that I'm not gonna get better with my equipment or just in my practice if I'm constantly affirming how terrible I am right uh -huh. so even little things like oh I don't want it to rain I'll say I want it to be sunny like I'm very careful words are so powerful though the words we speak have a frequency that again is attracting likeness so I'm just mindful and I think the mindfulness comes through something like meditation because you have to be quiet and utilize like your breath is an actual tool to move energy so if you can get in a consistent practice of moving that energy it's a lot easier to do in the moment when you catch yourself you know and I'll be the first one to like be mid-sentence like you saw yesterday and be like oh, actually that's not what I want to affirm in this moment and I'm gonna change the narrative right here and now mm-hmm that's beautiful and it's good to start with practicing in our own little lives and microcosms mm -hmm. and hopefully we can also start talking in more uh, positive future mm. attractions for the world because if we keep on saying like oh all the politicians sucks uh, you know the you know the powers that be uh, have us and we're doomed and we're going to a negative future mm -hmm. then we will attract and manifest as powerful manifestors that we are mm -hmm. that future reality but you yeah know. it's a cycle and I think like I, I look at it like this I think of choosing my thoughts or my words like I would picking apples off of a tree Right? I've got my basket, I pull an apple, oh, this one's good, I'm gonna take this one with me, oh, this apple's bad, no thank you, I toss it. What I don't do is say, guys, look at this apple, this is a horrible apple, why is this apple here? Why is this apple on this tree? You know, I just- Fuck you, apple! Yeah, exactly. You're all brown and shit. We're, totally. We're, there's a worm inside you living mm -hmm. in there. <laughs> Instead, I just say, oh, this isn't for me, but I love you, thank you for being a part of this planet, and I move on, right? Uh -huh. And I think that that's where a lot of people get caught up, is that we're so focused on these current conditions that we we can't get outside of that experience to even allow for a better future and a reality. Like it really does start in our mind. Uh huh. And and it's all vibration too, you know, because you're you're vibing that bad apple, and you don't mm -hmm. have to. And then the next five apples are bad, and you're like, why are all the apples on these trees? Well, you've only noticed the bad ones, right? Mm -hmm. So, is this something you teach in your workshops? Is your workshops? mostly this half this a quarter what's the distribution between you teaching yeah. art and teaching this these knowledge this is the fundamental practice of everything i'm doing in my life so whether it's my business classes my art i'm painting about this i'm living this it's everything because i think it's the most important thing that i could share with others is how i've created my own reality going from you know, painting in my art studio, listening to some of my favorite bands, to standing next to them on a stage in front of thousands of people has come through this practice of deliberate creation. Mm. So it's LinkedIn, there's some subtle nuances in all of my art. It really has become the core of 
of everything I'm doing. I think it's the most important thing I could share with others. Beautiful. And you have like a whole line of workshops, now expansion retreats? Yep, so I've got a couple things. I have Art in Session, which is art business classes specifically for creators. It's really not just business, it's resources for creators. And I've been building out that library since 2020 when we were in quarantine and I could no longer do shows. I thought that would be a good time to take all this knowledge that I've acquired in 10 years and give it back to other artists. So that you can find at Art in Session. And then Expansion Retreat came about because I wanted to facilitate I, I need to practice myself I wanted to be in a good place with get like being able to meditate and eat good food and be with other like-minded people so I said let me create an experience for myself and others you know and then I started teaming up with other facilitators that bring a lot of knowledge and activities to the table that can help bring about these transformations you know so it sometimes it's gradual sometimes people just need to get out of their same scene every day and go to a remote place with like-minded folks and do all the things right meditate um, we just introduced uh, like Wim Hof breathing and cold water immersion so th the point behind all of these activities is not just to talk about the concepts of like mind over matter but how can we right now in this moment lose all of our fears get in it show ourselves our own capabilities and then take that strength back to our community right well i, I love it uh, i love teaching myself so uh, thank you so much for including me in your upcoming retreat uh, uh what, what are we calling it activate, activate. yeah <laughs> yeah uh and this will be where Activate is going to be at the Hostel in the Forest from November 10th through the 14th. That's in Brunswick, Georgia, about an hour outside of Jacksonville. Amazing venue. Uh -huh. Pretty epic space. It looks beautiful from the pictures and I'm so happy to teach again and uh, teach with you and Veronica Rose and uh, the Wim Hof teachers called? Ryan Bean. Ryan Bean. And uh, I think Dome Moon will also be yep. there too, and a bunch of lovely artists. So uh, join us. I think this show should come up before that happens. So if you want to learn from us, come and have a good time in the sun and nature, doing art together. So yeah, that's that's awesome. You do these retreats, but. When it comes to your art career, mm -hmm. you got different branches to your tree. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your main thing? Life painting? It's changed over the years. You know, for a long time people told me, oh, you should only focus on one thing and get really good at that. Whereas I've taken a much different approach. I have several different, we'll call them companies or branches to my one tree and they all interconnect and, you know, the Retreats are a learning space for the online classes and people connect to my live painting where I'm reinforcing these ideas and I'm connecting with the community at shows um, to even my murals, you know, where then I'm taking that experience and tying it back into the classes. So I do have a lot going on and I can't ever give one thing a hundred percent, but I'm it's like having several gardens that I'm tending at different times and when this one's ready to produce fruit, I'm over here and then, you know, these guys are growing and it works for me. Okay. Yeah. So what was the first thing that worked out for you from those branches? Like when was that moment where you're like, I'm going to be an artist, I'm doing this, and this is my first branch I'm creating. What was that? Totally. How was it? Okay. So I went to Florida State University and I stayed back in Tallahassee to start a marketing company. And I had a really great social media marketing management business. I had a full internship program, a, a staff, and we had several of the largest um, apartment complexes, restaurants on our platform. 
And through that experience, I'm, I'm learning the ins and outs of social media. It was kind of at the brink of when things started to take off. So it was hard to get those business owners to fully wrap their head around the return. Mm -hmm. And I just got to a point with it where I knew it's not what I wanted to do forever. And oddly enough, some of my interns brought the owner of a giant LED Ferris wheel to one of my art shows. He needed a website and a full brand for this Ferris wheel. I end up pushing all my clients off my platform. This is back in 2013. I go on tour with the Ferris wheel and for the first time I'm attending major music festivals. And I'm, I created the brand Wally, the wheel of lights and inspirations. And we had, all of a sudden I had access to thousands of people at these festivals that I didn't even know existed. Uh -huh. And through that I saw other live painters and the ability to reach people with my art. So I kind of knew that I wanted to get involved with large scale art installations. And this is also where I met my now business partner Christopher Morphis and he was the king of speed painting he had some band tours lined up with some really well-known reggae bands and one day actually at this park Swanee Music Park we were painting next to each other we realized hey you're a fast painter so are you we could do this together and create a whole line of art that would be created from start to finish at concerts so that's where Anamorphosis art was born kind of all around the same time and Chris and I traded tours he did half of my Ferris wheel tour and I did half of his band tours like that first year what does that mean and traded traded meaning like, like he shared his dates and you shared yeah like dates. I already had a full lineup and so did he and we uh -huh. kind of combined to be able to create this collection Made a lineup. yeah it was crazy and we were touring like new city every day 10,000 miles in every three weeks wow. new painting every night so I went from like painting these large-scale murals with spray paint a completely different part of my brain to multi-million dollar stages on these little canvases, you know, and we've gradually gotten bigger over time, but I had to learn the ins and outs of that business, of being a professional live painter. And it's a lot different than like setting up your easel at a music festival and you may or may not work. This is right next to the band. The whole crowd is watching you. You are creating a piece that they don't know what it's gonna be, right? Yeah. So to them, this is awesome. And to me, I had to get over my own ego and my experience in the moment to say, if they're loving it and they're present, then whatever happens in this time period is what it's supposed to be and like, let that go. So I learned so much through my tours with Chris. It's now, we're going on almost 10 years of creating Anamorphosis art together. Sick. And um, thank you, yeah, it's awesome. We both have, we've gone our separate ways in a lot of ways as well, but we always come back and add to that collection because it's meant so much to us over time. So long story short was that I was in marketing through these opportunities in the festival scene. I met other painters and I was able to branch my career into some side projects. Right, that's awesome. I wanna ask you a couple questions about this. First, this is a very stupid question, mm -hmm. but what is fast painting? I guess by definition it's mm -hmm. painting fast, but like right? how, is, how is that different from other life painting? Sure. What's the rules, what the parameters? You mm -hmm. gotta start with a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. What's your limits? There really are no rules. We like to do it from start to finish from a blank canvas. When there's two of us, we can cover a lot more you know, ground at one time. So it was good to do it that way. And we have a really good flow. Speed painting for me is working from back to front. You're not like putting foreground images, then you have to paint over. You don't have the same flexibility in the studio. So you really want to get layer by layer. You want to use paint that dries very quickly so you can move on to the next layer. I go into those live paintings, even if it was like, an hour before we went on stage, we're meditating together, coming up with a concept and making a quick sketch. These aren't freestyle things because then you're a lot less likely to reach your end goal if you don't know what that end goal is. Right. You know, so it, it was a lot of training in conceptualizing and executing within a time frame. And the, 
more we did it every night, we have hundreds of paintings together, you know, the better it got over the years. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's no room for like standing back and looking at like, Precisely. Oh, this is working out when right. the crowd's like, oh, and you're just like standing there, it would break the flow. And everything from like, having everything clamped to my easel so that there's never a point where I'm bending down and looking for my supplies or like everything's just right there so you can get it done, mm. you know. What performers have you performed for? Oh wow, I have toured with Slightly Stupid, Revolution, Iration, pretty much tons of bands in the reggae scene. We got to open for Modest Yahoo, like as an actual act where we did a painting from start to finish in 30 minutes. And nice. it was just us center stage with like a mix that we made. Oh wow. Yeah, and that was really cool to get really treated more, not just like a sideshow, but like our own thing. Right, which I think, you know, is very feasible. Artists mm -hmm. <laughs> really, are as good as musicians in their own way. Yeah, but you see, nobody was doing that. I mean, people were live painting, but not like this, like full on tours. So when we approached these bands, we were groundbreaking, you know, and we came in showing like, I knew that I'd be paving the way for every other artist that ever went to that venue and asked if they could paint again. So to me, being clean, fast, professional, on point in all ways wasn't just for my experience but for the entire industry of live painting that together we could start showing that we can handle this that there's a lot of value in what we're doing and that it's going to be okay on multi-million dollar stages right uh what's the difference between a live painter that's up on stage for a couple sets while the music's playing in the eyes of thousands of people uh -huh. and a live painter that's perhaps behind the crowd, kind of like just chilling all day, mm -hmm. all weekend. What, what's, are yeah. they both life painters? Is like they're a difference or terminology, mm -hmm. different vibe, how do you see it? I, they're both really important. For me, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. So I know that the connections that I'm making when I'm off to the side and maybe half of the people even know I'm there, I have made just as much of an impact in those scenarios than I do on the stage. When I'm further away, like let's say I'm on the stage, I want to paint a big piece with a big image that can be recognized from anywhere and then there's some fine details. So I would say that my approach is a little different depending on where I'm going to be placed and how I'm going to be reaching the crowd. But I take both opportunities very seriously. I know for a lot of like there's a stereotype with live painters in the scene that they just set up an easel and like walk away. That's cool, but like, that's not really my vibe. Like I wanna be, if I'm gonna be present, it's not just to paint, but it's for every connection to come through that I can encourage somebody else to go home and make art or they could be inspired. Or how about just focused with me in the moment, not thinking about yesterday or who's president or what's for dinner, right? They're right there with me while I'm painting and that's invaluable. That point of focus as we've been talking about this whole time. Uh-huh. That's, that's hilarious that you're saying, uh, you know, an artist comes, puts up an, e e uh, an easel with a painting they've been working for a couple months and then just kind of like chills. I've seen that some artists do that and I'm always like, they're not painting. They're supposed to be painting. They're just chilling and being Mr. Cool, man. And <laughs> right. And I think that like, I'm not hating on anybody else's process or style. I just think that we as a community are trying to build value in the performance aspect of live painting. And if you're not performing, then we lose that, you know? And a lot of venues don't want to pay artists to come because they think that you're just getting free exposure to stand around and display your art. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've made it more of like a performance that I'm contributing to the overall show and really tried to like build upon that aspect of live painting. Mm -hmm. So do you, if that's what, if you're just like setting up, but you know, it's not really a performance at that point. A couple more questions about the Anamorphosis uh, project. So you, you've been working with Christopher Morphis, which is a powerful and interesting character, very rebellious and strong. And uh, you guys are the only uh, 
painting couple that are not actually a romantic couple. Mm -hmm. He's married, he's got a family. Mm -hmm. How's it been working with Chris? Like I could imagine in 10 years, there's been moments where you guys probably had disagreements and issues, but you seem to keep on trucking forward. Yeah, so I'm glad we're touching on this because I, th I think a lot of artists are scared to collaborate for a variety of reasons. Like there's a lot of ego that comes into creating art. And what I found through the Anamorphosis Art Collab is like, it's not my painting, it's not Chris's painting, it's ours, it's the crowd and allowing whatever happens to unfold and not getting too attached to anything in the moment is huge. And then I've taken that non-attachment back into my own personal life, you know? So I encourage every artist out there to try it. Are you gonna have the same vibe that we have every time? No, and that's why Chris is one of the only people that I paint with like that on a regular basis. But it does require open communication, organization, um, cooperation from all of our families and people that want to allow us to have this opportunity right. and it was always something way bigger than us like we knew that what we could do in a short period of time was incredible and that people would be moved in a live setting and I wanted to like do that as much as I could you know and then to have this beautiful collection of art created from that over the years has been like it's insane to have seen it unfold not always easy to work with other artists, but definitely something that's really important if you want to grow as an artist, to get out of your comfort zone and to try it. And like my biggest tips for collaborating would be number one, communicate. You got to talk about it. People were like, okay, we're just going to go for it on the canvas and like see where it goes. Uh -huh. Usually it goes poorly, you know? <laughs> and that's because somebody's painting over something somebody did, someone didn't know this was your idea, now this and that. If you make mock-ups and sketches going into a collaborative piece, everybody's on the same page mm -hmm. and you're a lot less likely to have those disagreements midway through, right? right. That's one thing. Two is to let go of those attachments. You know, decide right then that you're gonna create a bunch of paintings on your own in the studio, and this painting is unique to this time, so let it be that. This doesn't need to be your painting in your studio. That's why it's a collab, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think you just have to like establish those, that understanding, and then some boundaries. Right. And then it works. I love collabs, but I only like collabing with artists who are my friends already mm -hmm. when they're not my friends or I haven't vibed with them it's really hard for me to connect with their energy to then make mm -hmm. it flow properly totally so yeah I facilitated some group collaborations and things where I too think it's important to like meditate together first always I want to clear the vibe and energy and take some breaths because I think that that's like the way to start any painting anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. And then other people that might not be their process, but I'm like, hey, let's try this. And it really works. Awesome. Uh, one more one more question about this, this collabo project with Christopher, uh, because he's a man, mm -hmm. you're a woman, and there seems to be a battle of the sexes, or really the battle of everything on, on planet Earth right now. Mm -hmm. But how is your observation, especially as somebody working so closely with a man, mm -hmm. as a woman, teach me, Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a man life painter and a female life painter? Is there a difference? Is there an advantage in some ways, disadvantages in other ways? Mm -hmm. Or it's your own power and strength regardless of your vessel that makes the difference at the end of the day? You know, it's a good question. I think that we all do have to find our own just voice as artists that has nothing to do with our, our the vessel, as you described. Um, what I found in this collaboration is the balance of the masculine and the feminine was really powerful. And at times people connected with me more through our painting or connected with him more through it. And there might've been people that like, would have never approached me, for example, to have a conversation because they didn't know what, if I was 
with somebody or if that was okay and something about Chris being nearby was like oh th this dude you know even if they assumed we were together when we were not mm -hmm. it, it created like they were comfortable to approach and to, to have a conversation so in a lot of ways as a single person that worked to my disadvantage but mm -hmm. um, I think like our friendship came through first and foremost and it actually made us just more approachable to have that balance you know they're present I think that as individuals though that it doesn't matter, you know, I've come there. It's a highly dominated male industry. You know, there's a lot of male artists. So as a woman, I just speak my truth. I let that come through in my art. I show up just as hard. I work just as hard and I've really paved the way for myself. And I hope other females that, you know, just for people in general, I think we're getting to a point now where there's less of an emphasis on gender and more of just the, you know, the individual and we have to, like own that no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I like that. You know, less, less emphasis on, on gender. I find like when I'm painting with a female friend, she gets talked up more than me. Oh, really? I, I don't know. I guess people are less intimidated or uh, I personally always find like women friendlier than men or at least mm -hmm. you know, if you had to generalize it. But um, so Okay, so you, you just mentioned there's less female artists, mm -hmm. which I don't understand because I would imagine a female, since it's a, fe uh, a sensitive individual, at least generalized mm -hmm. speaking here, uh, is as good or better than a man in making art and has more flow and expressing their emotions, yet there's more male painters like even for the show I, I would love to have like one male one female mm -hmm. each show but in general I know more male and mm -hmm. uh, and try to include my my girlfriends too um, why is that is that less girls are encouraged to join or you know I really don't know I think that maybe I look at the collectives that are out there that are male dominated and I, I think there's a vibe like an edginess a sharpness to the work itself that they want to keep consistent possibly um i know for all of my projects it's super balanced i'm actually half and half this year on in um in the mural maze and, and really everybody's welcome so i think part of it is just initiative we has have to find people artists in general have to find the confidence to put themselves out there and maybe there's a lot of women that say i don't want to apply because i know it's you know dominated in one way or, or whatever the case may be I think that we just have to break past those stereotypes by showing up, you uh -huh. know, just put your, you got to apply. So I don't know if it's just not enough people showing up to hold their own or, you know, um, where that imbalance initially came from. But I do see us breaking through that yeah. for sure. And as a curator, I make it a point to be very accepting of everyone and just try to have a balance. That's awesome. I, as a man, like I can miss out on perspectives and, uh, things that I just don't see like I could never imagine somebody be like oh she's a girl don't let her in the gallery like I'd be like the opposite it's like hey everybody loves girls you know like mm -hmm. and and let's have more of them around like it's a totally different energy it's a lovely ener energy like I always love it when you know my friend girls show up for a jam and balance out the mm -hmm. whole equation if it's all dudes I'm, I'm bummed out I'm just like ah oh, god <laughs> yeah but uh but not that I don't like men neither, but... Um. Yeah, I think people just, artists in general, just have to go for it. And, like, maybe that's the problem is they're really not applying. I don't see a lot of... I will say, like, in the live... In the music industry that I was painting in, that is heavily domi dominated by males. And 
I felt a little like I had to prove myself in some ways or show that I'm here to paint. I'm not one of the groupies behind the stage or, you know, and maybe there's a little bit of resistance there or some stereotypes or expectations. And I looked at that as like a positive challenge. Like, please let me show up, work really hard, paint a badass painting, and then you'll see what time of day it is, you know? Yeah. But I never let that hold me back. Right, well, good for you. You're like a super badass, uh, strong woman. And I, I know, I was gonna say I hope, but I, I know that you are spreading your fire to other female artists that need to get out there and do their thing without any fear of, of, of anything. So talking about this uh, female empowerment, you're part of the Visionary Muses project. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. There's been a few uh, Visionary Muses that I've interviewed on this, uh, on this show, but I always like to hear the perspective from individuals. How, how do you see that project? I saw you actually last time I saw you was in Denver at the Freda opening exhibition mm -hmm. that then continued over to my house house party and I had a ball you know I was like all oh, these beautiful painters coming together super shanty good vibes yeah I totally. loved it as a as a somebody who was watching it was so powerful the intent of the project um, initially where we were painting each other was so special because it's like we don't always see ourselves how other people see us. So to have the opportunity to bring someone else's portrait to life that depicts all of their energy and is just really like infused with the character from a perspective of another person, it was really moving, you know, to see myself painted by one of my favorite artists, Olivia Jane, in this like magical scene, she really captured my everything, my pain, my love, my focus. It just was like all in this one painting. And I was like, wow, like I don't see myself like that always. So I think in general, we have motivated each other to just see ourselves in this beautiful light that we are all in, you uh -huh. know? And it takes sometimes coming together as a collective like that to facilitate that experience and to encourage one another. So I absolutely love the Visionary Muses. I'm excited for this next round. This year we're painting, so the focus for this uh, Visionary Muses 2023 is the new earth. And it's not necessarily like painting one another, but bringing our visions of what the future looks like together, but also honoring the divine feminine. So that'll be really cool to like see how it switches up. And I think just anytime we can get together and lift each other up, it's really important. Uh -huh. That's awesome. I, I love that initiative as much as a few incredibly left out. Um. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing is that I feel like there are tons of men's collectives and you know, I know that that all women show is the first time that it happened at Threda, for example, in a really long time, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's not about excluding anyone as much as it is like um, providing opportunities to lift one another up. And I feel like that exists for men as well. Yeah, I, I don't know, cool. Um, Why don't you start a men's collective? I don't know, I think uh, because the world's so dominated by men, if we did like, hey, men's only club. <laughs> people be, be mad but like I I just want to be like everything's everything club uh, that's my right. vibe so this is supposedly visionary art since it's called the visionary muses mm -hmm. what's your definition of visionary art as an art movement is it a scene is it you know how do you see it I think visionary art is I mean very broad for a lot of people. For me personally, it's coming up with a vision. It's asking the universe to be a part of that process. 
opening up the space for not only my own ideas to come through, but taking it a step further in my practice of, let's say, meditating, saying, what should this painting be? What's this energy that needs to come through me as a vessel? And that's what makes it visionary for me personally. I have not had a lot of experience with psychedelics to stimulate these ideas. I found meditation to be just as effective for me personally, mm -hmm. and I really tapped into some deep stuff there. So um, I definitely, I haven't always identified as strictly a visionary artist per se, but given that all of my art starts with this process and a vision that is inspired by a greater being than me, you know, mm -hmm. I think that that's what qualifies this work as such. Nice. Well, I commend you for being one of the visionaries that doesn't need psychedelics in order to find their visions, you know? I think mm -hmm. uh, we need different paths to the most high mm -hmm. and uh, no disrespect to plant medicines and, and psychedelics, I, I, you know, I indulge when the time is right. But uh, to be able to reach that through natural practices like mm -hmm. yoga and uh, meditation or even ice baths, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's also, uh, that's harder. Yeah. Anything's a practice, right? It's tapping in. So the more I do it, the easier it is to get to that space of clarity and to allow those visions to come. So I just try to keep up with my daily practices. And then when it comes time to create art, you know, to make that a priority. Sometimes I want to jump right in. I'm like, I got a fresh canvas, let's go. You know, but I know that there's so much more to this experience than just the art that's going to be created. And the gift that I have, I want to share it in collaboration with these beings, you know, that are out there guiding me. So mm -hmm. I want to bring them into the process from the beginning and make it more than just a painting. Like art for art's sake is cool too. I love all kinds of art. But when it comes to, um, the word channeled is like, kind of has some connotations there, but I, I do feel that that's what's happening, that we're all vessels and we're allowing an energy to come through and bleed onto the canvas. I think you're either channeling your mind or your soul or something else, mm -hmm. but something's transferring through you. So I don't think it's a bad term, but I totally understand why it's like, you know, sounds pompous. Or woo-woo, right? Yeah. People, and same with the law of attraction and stuff. People just feel like it's like magic or yeah, something, right? But, but there's actually a, tons of science behind us being conduits and how energy works and us as this, these vessels. So um, I've been trying to tap in more to that to be able to articulate what's happening there energetically in a way that can help bring those like science minds to an understanding without it sounding like some kind of hocus pocus. Well, it, everything's opening up. People's minds Little by little opening up. Same with psychedelics. Before I was just like, that's a drug that will destroy you. Now, you know, there's lots of science that's saying like, actually, that was the medicine that we needed to heal all along and we pushed it away. Mm -hmm. So maybe we shouldn't push other things like meditation and yoga and etc. good eating, all the things that will help us, you know, come mm -hmm. out of this mess as humanity. Right. It's hard because there's a lot of stereotypes out there that have come about for a reason because people are abusing these practices or trying to um, capitalize on pe people going through a hard time by selling them these ideas instead of teaching them a practice or claiming that they know it all, you know, whether it be gurus or shamans or, you know, and I think finding the balance between our own practices and understanding and knowing that that kind of stuff creeps in in negative ways and we can accept that or we can reject that through our actions you know so I don't identify with a lot of this like new age um, 
capitalistic spiritualism or whatever mm -hmm. the word is, but I do host retreats. You know, it's important right. for me to facilitate experiences for people to practice these tools that I know have been effective for me personally. Right. You know? Well, it's good to have some good bullshit detectors up, but sometimes it's hard to see. Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps some people might think that we're also a, a selling snake oil of some kind, mm -hmm. but it's you almost got to kind of like experience it and see if it vibes with you or right. not. Well, that's why you do this, right? Is you do these interviews so people can get like more of an idea of who we are as people. Uh -huh. And I just try to practice what I preach. I try to live my best example because actions speak way louder than words. And I'm not here to push my truth on anybody else or my way of life. I'm just doing me and it's working and I'm living my dreams as a professional artist. And if I can share that with someone else, then so be it. Well, it seems to me like you just want to help. You yeah. Know? You want to help others as you've helped yourself and mm -hmm. you live a blessed abundant life that you've attracted to yourself talking about attracting awesome things please tell me a little bit about these new uh, TV shows you're gonna be participating in oh wow it's so exciting I really can't say too much because it hasn't been released but I was invited to participate in like a town revitalization where I got to paint a mural and that'll be released on um, Bravo next year so that's really cool and I think that like these opportunities to go more mainstream have come about because of the content that I'm creating I'm painting large-scale murals I'm getting time lapses of my work and then I'm sharing that on the internet and through those things going viral my reach has extended and I'm creating more opportunities for myself um, on national television mm -hmm. does it scare you at all to get too well-known or popular because I know there's there's goods and bads about being well known. Like, okay, uh -huh. my business is working. People love me. Oh shit! Here comes the haters. Here comes too much attention. Here comes a right. lot of pressure. How do you see all that balance? I'm just human, you know, like we're saying, and I think that it's important. Yes, I understand that the more you're in the public eye, the more people are going to have opinions about what you're doing. So I just want to do my best to follow my own advice and, you know, know that it's way more important to me to live by example and to know that the influence that I'm having potentially worldwide could be changing people's lives. You know, I'm only on this planet for X amount of time, this go around. And what I'm going to do in that time is just try to share, like you said, help people live by example, inspire and encourage. So if now is my time to do that in the public eye, then I'm ready. Okay. I feel good about it. Yeah. Nice. You're so confident and strong. Uh, do you have any haters? Have people ever like attacked you for any, any reason? Yeah. I mean, people have, there's always haters, right? And people have opinions and I am very sensitive and I could sit here and try to act like, oh, I don't care, you know, but words do cut deep at times. And I think that's where coming back to my own practice of controlling my emotions is really important because my mind will spiral out of control. I'll overanalyze the shit out of something. And now I've wasted so much time and energy building momentum around those negative vibes. Mm. So it's an awareness for me of like, oh, that thing's happening where I have a choice where I could spend my time here or I could shift my focus and come back to this when I feel better about it, right? And the other thing is there could be a hundred thousand beautiful comments and then one comment i did this alice in wonderland mural and i had thousands of people that loved it and so you know select few that called me the illuminati and said that i'm a sellout and this and that and i just I stopped reading the comments because i'm like i don't have to give my time and attention to focus i know i'm not the illuminati uh -huh. this is a private commission you know like you know what your own truth is so if you right. can stay present with that energy then it's going to be a lot easier to expel the vibe 
drugs that don't serve you anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So it all boils back down to my practice. If I'm not meditating, I'm not staying in control of my own energy, then it's, I'm affected by that, right. you know? So. I find it such a tricky role to be an artist because to be an artist, you gotta have an open heart. You gotta be sensitive. You gotta feel out the world, the people, your experiences, and then, you know, be honest about it on canvas. That's what makes a successful mm -hmm. artist. But in that process of being open and vulnerable, we also kind of are forced to become well-known and famous and have all this attention, which almost seems like the opposite of what we want. We just want to mm -hmm. be like chill and do our thing. But in order to pay the bills, we have to put ourselves out there mm -hmm. and try to make this effort to be well-known. To me, it's very difficult. I want to run away many days and not not do the work, but it almost seems like a self-sacrifice to go out there and be the servant for the masses. Yeah, so that's one, one way to think of it. I look at it as a huge blessing. I think about artists before the internet, sitting in their homes, wondering how they would get their art out there, knowing that their neighbors, or maybe if they were lucky enough to have some kind of exhibition, those would be the only people that ever saw that work of art. And this idea of like a starving artist, or you have to be dead before you can be recognized, we live in a whole new time. I know that those artists would do anything to have the kind of reach that we have. So when I hear artists say, oh, I have to be a content creator, I say, I'm lucky to be a content creator. I'm so grateful that content exists, that I had a, a hundred million views this year, and that I can really, literally reach the world with my art as a nobody from Florida. You know what I mean? Like. The potential is infinite for every single artist in the days that we live in. And we have to embrace that opportunity. We have to appreciate it and allow it. And I think that our attitude, again, about anything, but especially about being creators and as it relates to social media is very important to embrace it. You don't have to be viral king or queen of the year with your art, right? Not everybody's called to do to do that but if you could take a few extra minutes to capture some of that process and you know that by sharing that on the internet you're going to inspire a shitload of people in doing it well then there's value in that so find the value because if not it's sink or swim right you know i, I feel you know it's a good chance to share your personal medicine that social media as much as it's annoying and even with the, you know, the algorithms that are keeping us from doing as well as before, still it's a gift. It's for free and you're mm -hmm. reaching thousands of people no matter what. And reaching one person is good enough. Quality Hundreds. over quantity, 100%. I may not have that many views, but I know I re received 10 messages off of some little you know, thing that didn't even reach that many people. And I know how much it encouraged and motivated them. And maybe that one artist goes and does something that does reach 100 million people. And now I was a part of that because I put myself out there. You never know what kind of ripple effect you're gonna have by showing up to the canvas or to social media or to your job as an artist. Straight up, if, you are, if you're a professional artist and that's your job, then embracing social media is something that, to whatever degree is comfortable to you, you don't need to be on every single platform, right? But having any resistance about maintaining a presence, I think doesn't serve you, not in this time. You gotta either allow it or find another way. Right, or you know, if it really annoys you and ruins your life, just don't do it and be comfortable in that too. 100%. Not everybody has to play that video game. It seems these days like everybody has to play that video game, may they have something to share mm -hmm. or not. <laughs> Um, but there's so many platforms and so many different ways to do it and right. you can develop any kind of um, contribution to that that you want. Nobody's confined to just time-lapse videos or uh, just TikTok style videos or right. whatever, you know, like you're doing this podcast, for example, and, and bringing in other artists. So I think people just need to find what feels good to them and do that. Yeah.
just be yourself, shine your light, and whoever it falls upon is a blessing. Yeah. Um, so we're coming to the end of this interview. I'm sure there's like a million uh, wise things you could share with our viewers, artists and non-artists, but would you have some uh, final words of wisdom? Mm, final words of wisdom. I'm gonna go back to the idea that if you can get there in your mind, you can get there in your body. So starting to visualize that the artist that you wanna be, that spouse, daughter, sister, mother, friend, father, husband, whatever your role in this life experience is, knowing what it feels like and just going back general to the ideas of like, when I'm on the other side of all these tasks, what is that gonna feel like? It's gonna feel awesome. It's gonna feel like a beautiful day. Know, we talked about appreciation and gratitude and forming a practice around that not just like once in a while going to that good place but saying every day I'm gonna spend some time practicing the feelings of my intended reality and allow that to be a part as natural as brushing your teeth you know something that you're really doing not as another task but as a practice just like you practice your art because I think a lot of artists hold themselves back with their attitude whether it's people telling you your whole life that art doesn't make money and that you better find a different job because there's no money in that or you know whether it's the social media telling you you only got a certain amount of likes and views and you basing your whole experience on what other people say like you've got to get outside of all of those current conditions to form your own ideal experience vibrationally and then that will start to unfold in every aspect of your life yeah beautiful well, thank you so much for your beautiful words, your beautiful self, your beautiful art. Thanks, Chris. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you as a show. I think uh, this is going to be episode 60. So Nice. Woo! Thanks, guys. Yes. Yeah, you can definitely find me on all the social platforms, Instagram, at Anyamador, TikTok, Facebook. I'd love, like I said, through my example to share that. So please connect and see what's going on. Niceness. And thank you guys for watching another episode of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends. Please make sure to press that little like button and subscribe and the bell thingy. And you can comment about anything you heard on this episode. And maybe even share it on Facebook and let other people know about this conversation. So thank you so much for joining us and see you next time. Blessings. Woo! Next episode, my guest will be... Chris Markovich. For the longest time, I, I was mentally dealing with, am I a skateboarder that paints? Am I really an artist? Am I lying to myself? Am I like, do I have these delusions of grandeur? That, like, would people want my art if I wasn't the skateboarder? Are people only buying my art because I'm a skateboarder and they can tie those two together? Like, and I just did that for a while. When I pulled away from the industry, I had zero support and I had to figure out how to promote myself and how to be comfortable with myself or just even be able to be like yes I am an artist I am now an artist I always was I always was it was just in my head trying to convince myself and now like for me like it's what it is like I don't try to look into things too much and just do what makes me happy so please make sure to subscribe like comment and share big thanks and see you next episode Peace.